Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at bluenile.com. And remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Episode 30, probably going to be dirty, in the room with Luke and Pete. Dirty 30, dirty 30, Luke and Pete are older than 30. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I like that Doc Brown supplied us with some music, and we produced that little number. That was completely off the dome piece. Off the dome piece, off the cuff, mate. Yeah. Yeah? I'll I'll do a Charlie Sloth rap battle. Who? (laughs) What? That, that, that big fat guy likes trainers. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, well, he does like, I can't remember what his, his house, it's not his house, it's a studio, isn't it? You do like a freestyle. I think it's just a Charlie Soth freestyle, how that Pratt Pratt man uh, did this thing. And um, you always get every. Gosh, I'm straight. Every single one of those shows always starts with a. I think that's a Tim Westwood. That's t- only Tim can do that. Tiger Tim can do that. The bomb. The bomb. Drop the bomb. Tiger Tim. I'll tell you what, when I did that, um, when I did that. Um, thing in, in Kenya uh, last I spoke about last week uh, I popped in to see a radio DJ yeah, Mike Technique was it oh, good? it was dreadful was he it? was like Re-Ange- hello yes we're back in the studio with Pete Donaldson was it Jim Campbell Paul? It, <laughs> Jim Campbell is a stand up and he also does the football ramble and he his business is microphones and business is good in, my, in Jim's world but he can't use a microphone sometimes no. I once watched Jim do some stand-up and he didn't realise the microphone was unplugged for most, <laughs> for most of the show. And, pe- could and people his, was... Could have been part of his shtick. Well, people were so distracted by the fact that the microphone would sometimes come in and out because of a loose um, XLR connection uh, that they were kind of like leaning forward in their seats willing him to click that XLR cable back in. And I think I even did motion at one point. It, it, it came across fine. He's a very talented man. But, uh, yeah, terrible mic technique, <laughs> Jim Campbell. How do you write? Because you are very particular about sound quality, which it will be a surprise to many people listening to our shows over the years. Editing less so, but what sound do, quality. What do you think about my te- mic technique? Uh, yours is pretty good. I don't understand people with bad mic technique when they've got headphones on. Yeah, you can hear they can hear what's Because they can yeah. hear that you're louder or quieter than anybody. Yeah. yeah, so um, it's me. Hello. Hello, you're back again. It's not right, is it? Uh, it's not right. Um, it's not right, but it's okay. We had a great reaction. Once said. We had a great reaction to uh, your trip to Kenya, Pete. I think people were touched by it. I, I think as much as it will be awkward for you to hear this because you're not a man who is necessarily predisposed to hearing praise, 
Um, but I think it went down very, very well and people respected you for bringing it to the table. Um, so well done to you. Well, it was a very small action by a very small man, me. Yeah, small figuratively and literally. I'm a little boy. Um, what I would like to bring to the table this week, because I guess it's probably my turn for it's been. Yeah, bring something to the table, Luke. At the end of episode 29, right. we talked, uh, we introduced something into Mencarta. Is it Lapel du Vide? Yeah. Um, oui. And, and what that was, was an, oui, ex- va très bien. an expression where, you know, it doesn't really happen in English very often, but foreign languages are very good at summing up things, summing yeah. up events or, mm. or habits or yeah. moments in just one word. Mm. And I found, um, I spent the last week finding uh, other one, other examples of this, which okay. I thought you might quite enjoy. Nice. So um, I'm going to bring a few of my favourites to the table. So just briefly, Pete, because people might not necessarily remember last week that well, just tell us quickly about the Mencarta entry, just to remind people. So basically, uh, there is a phrase in uh, French that basically, um, you know, when you're sort of up high, say you're on a window ledge or something like that. I, I don't know many people who find themselves on window ledges, but say top of a cliff or something. Uh, Le Pelle du Vide is when you have a self-destructive thought. You think about jumping off the cliff or you think about driving into oncoming traffic or in my case, if I've got a scalpel in my hand, jamming it into my eye. This keeps popping up. <laughs> what um, and what does it literally translate to? It would... Uh, it like the... Staring at the void or... Yeah, yeah staring at the void. Okay, like yeah. fine. So here's a few other examples that I think, I think the you, call. You, P, you, P, mm. and the listeners at home might enjoy. <clears throat> First up, Kummerspeck, Kummerspeck, which is German right. and means excess weight gained from emotional overeating. <laughs> Literally translated, grief bacon. Grief bacon. Yeah. Luke, that's magnificent. It's great. I've got a it? lot of time of that. It's great. Mm. Um, got a few more here. Um, Gigil, I think that's pronounced in mm. Filipino, is the urge to pinch or squeeze something that is irresistibly cute. All right, Trump. <laughs> <laughs> I just do it. I just do it. Um, in Georgia, they say the word zeg, which, zeg. which means the day after tomorrow. Um, and I think it literally translates to overmorrow, which means two, two days hence. Right, I think, okay. I think overmorrow might be an old English word that we don't use anymore. Mm. Um, we've got l'esprit de l'escalier, which is the staircase wit, which you yeah. were talking about before. A too late retort thought of only after departure. And there's another one I really like, and I'm just trying to find it. Do you want to... Uh, oh, here we go. Um, Yaputka. Yaputka. In a language called Ulwa, which I've not heard of before, is a word which is used to describe walking in the woods at night and having a phantom sensation of something crawling on your skin. Oh, that's nice. I mean, there was that word... um, I can't try to remember the bloody word in Japanese, but it was was the word uh, that you use, and it was... uh, Testing out a new samurai sword on a random victim. Oh, yeah, you mentioned that a few weeks ago. A long, long time ago. I yeah. mean, like the second episode or something like that. Um, I've, I've got one more here, actually. In Indonesia, they say the word menkolek, which is um, a word to describe the trick where you tap someone on one shoulder and go around the other side. Nice. You like that? I'll I menkolek you. I bet you've... Uh, <laughs> let's put that in menkolata. Calm down, it was just a menkolek. <laughs> Imagine that. Fantastic. <clears throat> Fantastic. That's it. That's it. That's, that's it your, that's your it's been. Are you, I haven't done a it's been this week. I didn't no. do one last week because it got a bit deep. You did you didn't you did it um yeah you didn't do the It's been there, there you go. go. It would have felt a bit odd to do it last week, I think. <laughs> hey, so Jack's been in touch, Luke. Okay. It's been for Jack this week is uh 
Jack Keywood, he has been um, informing us about the Toronto elephant. Yeah, our sections are all over the place. Is it emails or what? <laughs> <laughs> it's emails, what it's emails. It? Okay, good. But he's um, given us a, you know, a, a glimpse of his life. I love this email. It is one of my favourites we've had, I think, in a little while. Because last week I went to a circus. That's true. Did you actually go to a circus? Yeah. Was it like an ethical circus or a human circus? No animals there anymore. No animals there anymore? Nope. Oh, I don't think my... you can have them in English circuses. One of my earliest memories was um, sitting next to a chimpanzee dressed like a human. Uh, oh, and yeah. There's a picture, I've seen the picture, picture of you. Picture, yeah. yeah, it's hard to know who's who, really. Nah. Um, but do, no. do you remember that? Do you remember? Because this is, this is an, another interesting thread. Mm. A lot of people will say they have their first memories from when they're two or three or whatever. But what it actually is, is their memory, they're remembering a photo of an incident. Okay. Do you actually remember the incident? My, no, I remember my dad uh, having some candy floss on a stick and him going and me finishing the candy floss. And it, to get rid of the candy floss, he, um, there was a ball of water for a fire. Uh, behind like the stall for the candy floss, and he just put the stick in the in the water, and I remember watching the candy floss disappear, and I thought my dad was magic. That would be quite troubling as a as a child. What the candy floss just disappears? Yeah. Ah! Because I suppose I've never really seen that happen before. Yeah. If you well, if you obviously it just dissolves, doesn't it? Cause it's just sugar. But um, if yeah, if you do that and you're a kid, you're like Jesus Christ. But um, do you know what they call it in America? Uh, let me guess. Pink clouds. <laughs> there are there are certain phrases in America in America which are like very very literal, like sidewalk. That's oh, cotton candy, isn't it? Correct, cotton, cotton candy. candy. Yeah. I think most people know. Yeah, but you didn't. Well, I just did. I just pulled out. My Got there in the end. Pulled I, out. I, my I, house, I would man. have. I would have had this been a game show. <laughs> I would have had this been Rick Edwards, friends of the Luke and Pete show, but <laughs> a game show. He would have only accepted your first answer. I know. And then he probably would have said something snide. <laughs> I wouldn't go on the uh, chase. I've, I've started watching a couple of episodes of the chase. Cause I used to announce it on Challenge, and I stopped, and now started watching the chase a bit. It's quite good. How'd you announce see, it? See what they've done. Give us, give us a little um, insight into how you would announce some continuity on a TV station using the chase as an example. Bradley Walsh is back for some more questions and answerings. It's the chase. <laughs> Very good. Uh, Very good. Uh, the Chess USA is back and the beast is loose. Let's hope you got a big plane seat on the way over. Is challenge. Mm. <laughs> it's not as good because he was the the beast was the only one who managed to do the uh, who managed to get on the uh, uh, the, uh, the the chess USA. Everyone else just got chinned off. Who got? Who else was on? Who's on the USA one? Well, all of the. Well, as I said, they've got their own. They've, they've, got, they've got their own chases. The, they've got their own chases. I think, and, and okay. the beast was the only one who managed to make it over. Well, because he's particularly good. I, I, I don't know because I mean I guess US trivia is a lot harder, isn't it? Well, this is the problem. Yeah, it's completely so, different, isn't it? So I regularly. I say regularly. When I'm over in the US with my American family, I will play Trivial Pursuit with the with them. Oh, the Amer- the American version. And it, so it's be, impossible. It'll all be about about um, different strokes and stuff. Well, the, the problem is any so Trivial Pursuit. If you go history, mm. or you go geography, or you go one or two others, mm. literature maybe. It's a, it's a little bit more universal. Yeah. The problem is getting your segments on sport. Yeah. Which is basically all baseball questions. Yeah. Um, TV and entertainment, unless you get a movie, which you you might. Bill be okay Cosby. With. Yeah, it'll be stuff like what? You know, what is the name of the actor who who appeared in the first two seasons of Roseanne or whatever and played her next door neighbor? It's like it's impossible to know. Uh, all of those shows had a next door not next door neighbor, though, didn't they? Home Improvement was the uh, famous one where you never saw Wilson. his face. Wilson. No, that was um, Tom Hanks in um, 
It's Castaway. That was the ball, Wilson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Wilson. Because every... Uh, it was usually um, um, black sitcoms that did it, but there would always be a uh, a troublesome neighbour who would come round and then they'd get thrown out every time. Roger, out of Sister Sister. The guy um, in um, Fresh Prince. Fresh Jazzy Prince. Jeff. That was Jazzy Jeff. He, yeah. he would always get thrown out by uh, Uncle Phil and also... Uncle Phil. Little known fact, Uncle Phil... Big known fact, because I know exactly what you're going to say. Was played by Suge Knight. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> they look similar. <laughs> Uh, and uh, also, uh, Mr. Cooper used to have. Uh, hang on, remember hanging hang with Mr. Mr. Cooper? Cooper? Yeah, I do. He yeah. used to have like a troublesome neighbour child. He used to come round. He used to go, "Why is this kid in my house?" Clarissa explains it all. The boy used to come up through the window. Was that on a black ladder? sitcom? No, it wasn't. But it was an American yeah. sitcom, okay, teenage sitcom. Um, speaking of Dawson's Sh- Creek, that's how he used to get in that girl's house. Is it? I think so. Sounds about right. Yeah. Um, speaking of Suge Knight. You know right. the story about him. So, for those listening at home who don't know who Suge Knight is, he is the the record label impresario, record label bo- death row records boss, mm. who brought a load of West Coast sort of gangster rap to the mainstream in the nineties. What and, balls have you got to have to deal with so many naughty boys? Well, he was essentially like a gangster. Yeah. And um, but more recently, I have to get this right in case he sues us. I mean, that would be quite cool to be sued, sued by Suge Knight. But I anyway. always think about this. I always think like, who? It's probably good if we get so, sued. So I believe he certainly seriously injured someone or possibly even killed them in a car. He drove Mate, I, I saw this video. It is horrific. Yeah, so he drove over someone and killed him in, in, in a car. Is that right? Uh, I don't know whether he died, but certainly he was at the wheel and just uh, driving into a forecourt um, like a crazy man. Yeah, my point was going to be it's very graphic. that his defence was that he had gone blind. Right, And okay. when he was led into the courtroom... He fucking look blind. When he was led into the courtroom, he had the glasses and the stick and everything. Did and he? He did the whole, he did did the the whole, whole performance. Well, what I would say is that... He's in jail now. I mean, you don't have to... I mean, you can be blind or non-blind. You don't have to put your foot on the fucking accelerator, do you, mate? I think he did, like, it, on, <laughs> I think he did it on purpose. <laughs> I think he had some beef with those chaps. <laughs> yeah, I think he might have done I think that. those chaps had done him a wrong'un. Yeah. Yeah, never mind. Done him a wrong'un. Done him a wrong'un. Uh, Jack Keywood, we're in the middle of bloody um, telling a story about the, the Jack Keywood brought forth. Oh, sorry, yeah, we were. Um, basically... Um, I found this recently, and I thought it might interest you guys. It has interest you guys. Basically, it's a 911 call in Toronto where an elephant escaped the local zoo and was found wandering uh, around a residential area. The call is quite amusing. The footage is amazing. The footage is amazing, yeah, because they've layered on top of the, the, the footage of an elephant just, you know, just hanging out around people's houses, like, just just in a normal neighbourhood. Hi, um, I found an elephant walking down the street near the, the community center, the Ray 20. Sure. We found an elephant walking down the street. Pause it. Like, right. This 911 guy working in the call center. He's having none of it. Here we go again. He is having none it's of it. It's another prank call. Yeah. Like, down the street, like the ones from the, the circus. <laughs> the circus. One of them got loose and it's walking down the street. How big are we talking here? It's like, an elephant, mate. An elephant. <laughs> It's like the ones that like to have it like the circus that's like the people Pause ride it on, again, you know? Pete. Right. One of my friends is like because because explain. I hate the way he says, you know, it's an elephant like you get at a circus. No, it's an elephant like you get in Africa. Yeah. An amazing, magnificent beast. Yeah, but he says, I mean, to be honest, it looks like a rough old, a rough old bird. But um, yeah, but he does sort of say it's, it's the one at the circus that you get to ride on. <laughs> so, it's yeah, just depressing, isn't it? It's following him, and it's, he's leaning it back, back there, but they're huge. We'll uh, see what we can do here. 
Okay. Yeah, thank you. If there's any cars clear in Newmarket, we have a report of an elephant currently walking down Eagle Street from Ray 20 Complex. This is hanging out. 1135, I have to clear that. Uh, we see the elephant on um, Crossland Gate. Apparently somebody has led one of the elephants back to the tent. One of the elephants? There's more than one, Luke. <laughs> One elephant outstanding. She put a code before that. There's no code for that. The first guy's the best. Just the, one outstanding the first guy's is first down the job. Check this, bit, this bit out. Outstanding elephant on Crossland Gate and. Uh, it's just eating someone's tree. The, f- <laughs> the first guy, it's his first day on the job, I'm sure of it. Because he gets the call and he goes, okay, right. uh, how big are we talking? It's okay, an well, elephant, it's mate. an elephant, mate. And the next bit he goes, right, we'll see what we can do. And I picture him frantically look around the office going, elephant, elephant escape. Where's E? <laughs> A, B, C, D, E, elephant escape. It's not in here. It's not in <laughs> and, here. And at one point there, the, the, uh, one of the policemen uh, says, uh, uh, one's uh, back in its pen. They've only got three. Only. That's the How many, many elephants have you yeah. got? Only oh, got three. Jeez. A bit like that iconic scene at the end of Jurassic Park, The Lost World, where the dinosaurs escape into a sleepy suburban town and the T-Rex at one point looks through the window at some people sleeping. Unlovable film. That's right. It's when that film lost me. Um, uh, uh, lad, uh, Gav, that I know, uh, he, uh, every time Jurassic Park uh, is on, he tweets the same thing. Uh, there's a film about... It's similar, there's a film about a park for the dinosaurs bit far-fetched but i'll stick with it and yeah. every time it is on terrestrial television he automatically tweets that yeah and it and people, people lose, their, people yeah, lose their minds people lose their minds one of the greatest ever tweets is a picture of the end credits of jurassic park <laughs> oh, yeah with the guy who's dinosaur listed wrangler. dinosaur supervisor yeah and someone's put a comment underneath saying this guy, the guy's called like Phil something and someone's put underneath saying Phil you need to start taking your job more seriously man people died Phil you should have been supervising those dinosaurs there were raptors in the kitchen Phil <laughs> <laughs> the best one this week was uh, is it Tommy Robinson who's the Britain first dickhead yeah Tommy uh, Robinson yeah like he went like he just tweeted uh, oh I'm never drinking again and somebody replied have I got the, the religion, religion for you <laughs> 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 oh Tommy Robinson there we go I wonder what podcast he listens to your friend and mine yep. you look a bit like him to be fair no I don't oh Richard Spencer it's the other one no. it's the other one yeah. oh yeah exactly yeah. go on what's, what's need, next I need to retire that air cut to be quite uh, frank shall I do an email I'm waiting for curtains to come back yeah go on one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on same goes for healthcare that's why United Healthcare offers flexible budget friendly coverage for medical vision dental and more learn more at uh1.com It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Curtains are back, mate. Did you no, not watch not. The Apprentice the other week? No, they're not. They are back. Um, I've got an email here from Ashley French. Let me find it. French, yo. I think Je regarde le Ashley French. Français. Keep filling with your French. Uh, keep filling oh, yeah. with your French. That's right. It's this one. It's about Christmas Eve drinking again. Yay. <laughs> this is this is the story. You the know, thing that's made me sad this week is that the Wesley nightclub in Hartlepool burned down. Oh, dear. I mean, they suspect arson. You said this every I week. I suspect insurance. Like. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's been. It's uh, the Wesley Nightclub is this big. What's sort it called? Of building. Say it slowly. The Wesley Nightclub. It Wesley. was an old Lutheran church, I believe. Why is it called Wesley? Um, because the follow. What's the part of um, uh, the Christians that were Wesleyans? Don't know. Don't, whatever it is, anyway, they all went there. And it was it was the Wesley Nightclub, and it's this massive building in the centre of town, right next to the Hartlepool Mail um, uh, building, and it's this. It's it's got these massive columns, like it's the Parthenon or something, and right. it's not been open for about fifteen years now. And it was always where it was a, just a big nightclub, basically. It's where I saw Leo Sale once. Did you, you make me feel like dancing? I want to dance another way. Yep. Uh, and uh, I can't imagine how much that man that man got because around about the turn of the millennium. Like seventies nights were so big, like so big. We had Anthony from uh, Big Brother doing, uh, being part of one of his disco shows that he used to. Do. He played uh, one of one of the clubs in Hartlepool. But the Wesley nightclub was a real formative experience for me, and now it has no roof. For someone has burned it down. Very flammable carpet, you'd imagine, though. I can't think of any other song that Leo said say did. Oh, he did loads, mate. Uh, Leo said, away." Um, no, but <laughs> no one can. He's got, he's got, he's got a few in his locker. Yeah, no, I don't doubt that. Yeah, and Alexander O'Neill played as well. So you, oh, I like Alexander O'Neill. Great voice. Criticize my pain. Criticize my lifestyle. Hmm. I fed up because all you wanna do is criticize. There we go. Don't just close your eyes. But it was just an MC, But it was just like a man with a mic and a backing track. I haven't finished. Right. I've, I've, right. no, I've finished now. It's so accurate. I just worry about the PRS. Alex- <laughs> I worry that an algorithm is going to take down the Luke and Pete show. Pete, Alexander O'Neill, um, <laughs> he performed on the roof of Capital Radio when we both worked there as well. Did he? Yeah. God, he'll do anything for Guess what song he did? Five grand. Guess what song he did? Was it the song he just sang? Criticise my lifestyle. He did that one. I'm going to criticise lifestyle. He's doing gigs in Hartlepool. <laughs> Fucking idiot. You might have been on Big Brother as well, Alexander O'Neill, at one point. That rings a bell. Yeah. But yeah. There we go. Anyway, Ashley French. Anthony from Big Brother, who did the Affirmative Disco thing, he was on the air that McCorsey was on. Remember oh, McCorsey? Yeah. Uh, and she came out of the house and she wanted to be a, um, she wanted to be a UN representative. Wow. His, her agent said. 
Imagine saying that to your agent. Lofty ambition. I mean, yeah. like, I mean, Jerry Halliwell managed it. Yeah, she did. But terrible. Angelina Jolie. Yeah, I remember uh, McCorsey. David Beckham. McCorsey uh, was obsession mine because William she... Hague. <laughs> Well, he was very much a politician, yeah. uh, but McCorsey was on um, Big Brother's big whatever the accompanying show was, and it was um, well, George... the one that you keep getting passed over for. Yeah, Big Brother's little brother. Whatever. Oh, big it Brother's is. bit on the side. I think that's probably the one. Actually, yeah. Okay. Right. George Lamb. Remember him? Okay, George yeah. Lamb, and uh, it was a, a woman called Zezzy Ifon. She uh, was. Remember when New Rave was big? Yes. There was a magazine that was de- dedicated to New Rave and it was called The Super Super or Super Super. And it was this massive, garish, fucking shit show of a piece of crap um, with like um, artists and musicians and stuff and getting interviewed. It was a piece of crap. You look back and go, I'm glad those days are over. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Zazie I4 uh, was uh, a woman who um, was, uh, she, she got a bit, she was the editor, I think. Uh, for a while, or certainly a very a chief staff writer, and she was on Big Brother's um, bit on the side, or whatever it's called, with George Lamb, and she interviewed McCorsey. And this woman was so wonderfully terrible at television. Yeah, I, there's nothing on the. T- I don't think there's anything on YouTube with Zezzy, but she, she, her, her star burned so bright for about two years, and then she was What's she never name? seen again. Zezzy I four. Okay. And uh, she was interviewing McCorsey, and McCorsey kept talking and kept talking, and she was clearly getting it in her ear that she got, got an ad break in her earpiece, and so she ended the interview by going, oh, my God, shut up. Here's the ad break. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, shut up. I think I do remember. Did she, did she do T4 as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do remember All that, all that gaff. Okay, but yeah. she was truly That's terrible. I, but I saw once at the Brits and I had to get a picture taken with her. I loved Zezzy. She was my favourite thing a, on the television. Do you remember? And we should have... Oh, my God, shut up. When we, <laughs> when in the we, middle of an interview. When we had Rick Edwards on there, we should have asked him about it. What, rated all the T4s? No, yeah. well, no when he did... Um, he, Rick had I think he gig. probably went with her once, once or twice. He probably did, but he had a gig out in Korea. Right. When he did the World Athletic Championship. Yes. Yeah. And he did it with... Um, is it Ortis? Ortis Dealey. Yeah. Yeah. And Ortis did the most amazing link you've ever seen where he, he obviously hasn't got an auto cue and, he, and, he's, and he's been told by the producer to wrap up. You must remember this, Pete. I do remember this. So basically, it's coming to the end of the production. It's Channel 4. And he just goes... And he's, and he's in the stadium. And he just goes... And, it's, and as the sun shines on in the studio, it's Jessica Ennis, good night. Yeah, he says, it's time to go, Jessica Ennis, good night. <laughs> Because he's clearly in his earpiece, the the producer shouted, Jessica Ennis! And he's went, I've got nothing on that. I've got nothing on that. Jessica Ennis, good night. Will I find this email from Ashley French? Can you find that p- clip? Jessica I love Ennis, it. Jessica Ennis, good night. It's brilliant. It's so funny. Well, because, well, don't, don't poo-poo it because don't it's genuinely it. a really funny bit. And if, if you could find the, uh, the, Mikosi, uh, the Mikosi thing as All well, right, that would yeah. be fantastic. But, but I do remember Azizi... I, Zezzy. Zezzy. And I do remember... Um, some respect. Sorry, I, I also do remember um, T4 going for a lot of odd presenters around that sort of um, yeah. new rave period. Because, uh, it, interestingly enough, in that new rave period, I was actually working for Claxon's record label. Right, okay. Um, and I've got nothing more to add. <laughs> Didn't no meet No inside story. Don't know no, what they nothing, were like. No. Remember, vaguely remember their song, Atlantis to Interzone. Um, that was a cracker, to be fair. It was a good tune. But anyway, if you can't find it, I'm going to just go straight into this email right, from Ashley French. Uh, he says, uh, hi, guys, I have a good story slash warning about Christmas Eve drinking. Now, this mm. is something that just keeps on going and going. Um, 
Back in 2004, I was 18, and so thought it was prime time to go to a town drinking for the first time ever on Christmas Eve, because I grew up in rural Somerset. There were three of us. We'd been to the local uh, Weatherspoons, no doubt drinking lots of Exmoor Beast Ale. Um, And we were set to go to the local club Envy, uh, which plays 90s cheese and the odd Bon Jovi tune. Mm. Um, I'm sure everyone's had a similar experience. Anyway, on the way down the road, five lads walked past staring at us. So being a fair bit naive, we just stared back. Right. We get around the corner and they've doubled back on us. And after a bit of what are you looking at, one of my mates just legging it off, um, a fight erupted. And I thought after a fair few punches thrown that these guys must be so drunk they don't realise that I don't want to fight. So I thought if I lay on the floor, that'll make it a bit more obvious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not the greatest tactic, That's a Donaldson tactic, that. Um, bad move, he says. I got kicked in the head a lot. I got home, and where normal people would expect sympathy, my mum went predictably apeshit at me, saying I should never have gone to town drinking, and that with my fat lip, broken nose, and black eye, I have, indeed... Ruined Christmas. <laughs> the next it's day, that phrase again. The next day at my nan and granddad's, I had to field lots of questions from cousins and aunties, and in every single photo from that year, um, I've had to turn to the side so you can't make out my black eye and broken nose. I learnt no lessons and would continue to go out every Christmas Eve and hung out, hang over being almost part of Christmas, and I'm now 32 years old. Great show. I have no battery things to hand as I'm not at home. Ashley French. <laughs> I mean, what I would say is that I also get that, um, I get that speech before I go out. Like, but from well, both my mum, I mean, even now, yeah, mum and dad, because I mean, there are some nut jobs in Hartlepool, and uh, I've noticed like some men go out, and it, like it's weird. Like you'd think that like that generation has kind of finished, but they keep on going. Certainly where where I'm from, yeah. If they don't have a fight, it's not a good night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they're yeah. not had a bit of aggro, yeah, yeah. I would say it's much more dangerous in terms of fights breaking out in provincial places than it is in London. Oh, yeah, hugely. Yeah, you, don't, you don't have a fight in London. Good Lord. No, and the, the, the big thing about sort of the thing, I suppose I will go out for a few beers on Christmas Eve, no doubt. But I, I always used to think, and I vividly remember when I was, say, 18 or 19, mm. I would remember looking over at people who are quite a lot older, thinking, what are you doing? Why aren't you home with your family or whatever? And, <laughs> and why aren't you doing like and now stuff with older people? people. No, but, now, but that, that still stays with me to the point right. where I don't really want to be in that, in that, yeah. in that, sort of, in that boat, if you know what I mean. Mm. Well, uh, here's, uh, I think this is the clip. Oh, you got Altis. Somebody who doesn't like Zazie I4 has compiled a load of clips. Oh, I think it's just uh, Zazie not, not being able to remember something. <laughs> Did you do this? <laughs> is, it, is, this, is this your compilation? Yeah, group? never mind. Is this your never new mind. dad's with swords? <laughs> you can tell we don't rehearse this stuff, can't you? No, exactly. Have you got mind. another email for me, Peter? I've got another email for you. I've always got another email for you. My emails are inexhaustible, to be quite frank. <laughs> um, I want to say hello to... Uh, Who's this? Hang on, he's round. He's over the page. Ben! Hello, Ben. Uh, morning, fellas. I'm a little slow at getting stories in. Please att- find attached a picture of uh, HP Sauce available to buy it. Pack and save in New Zealand. I used to shop there when I lived there. Rangioria. It works uh, uh, out at about uh, 240 a bottle and still tastes fantastic. I think it's pronounced Rangaria. Rango- Rangaria. Yeah, I think so. Rangaria. Yeah. Um, whilst I was at uni, this is, this is the worst slash most boring job. While I was at uni, I had a summer jobs at Banks Brewery in Wolverhampton. And in one such summer job, uh, my, my uh, summer was spent putting widgets into cans of Hartlepool's finest drop, Cameron's Strong Arm. That is the Hartlepool beer. Do you know it? Yeah, well, yeah. What type of beer is it? I've never heard of it. Uh, it's very rich, very red. 
it's it's pleasant. It's not unpleasant. Um, Do you like their version of Nuki Brown? They stopped making it for quite a while. Actually, I think Nuki Brown occasionally gets brewed in, in Hartlepool. Cameron um, Strongarm. Cameron Strongarm. Is it strong? It's a. It's a. I think the logo is a is a strong man with a hammer. I think. Uh, right. strong arm. But is I'll, it try, like, is I'll it... try and find a can and we'll like, have a tasting after in the new year. But is it like their version of Nuki Brown Ale? No, it's just an ale. It's just an ale. It's a, it's a, it's a ruby red dirt ale. What's the Middlesbrough and Sunderland alcohol? I don't know. Uh, oh, God, what's Sunderland? Sunderland used to have one. Uh, I think Vox, but it's not, is it? <laughs> Clearly not. Uh, oh, God, what's Sunderland's beer? Sorry, I can't remember. Doesn't matter. Uh, anyway, uh, the widgets uh, in question that I was putting in these cans of uh, Cameron Strongarm uh, was a plastic dome with two wings. And to get it into the untopped can, you put one wing in and then the other. Using a chisel-like device, we then had to push the widget to the bottom of the can. I assumed all this stuff would be done automatically. Oh, I don't, the widgets. Carling Premier used to have a widget in it. And Worthington. Uh, wasn't it originally John Smith's with um, uh, Jack D? Oh, yeah, widget. It's got, got a, a widget. widget that yeah. one. Um, I, I think Vox is the son of the beer, because they Vox. used to sponsor Sunderland football team. They did, yeah. But I thought Vox might have something to do with a car. But then I'm being silly, aren't I? Yeah, I think so it is the Vox. Um, as you can imagine, uh, an untopped can is razor sharp, and I managed to cut myself multiple times. Again, I just thought machines did all gloves? this. Why are you not wearing gloves? Why are you not wearing um, chainmail gloves? Chainmail gloves. That's what we used to have to use when you opened them um, cans violently uh, in the sandwich factory. Um, so I had to lose. So I uh, lost several of those blue industrial plasters over the course of a mind-numbing summer, as we did pallet after pallet. Some of the older guys would disappear and come back a little rosy-cheeked after popping over to packaging for an hour. The young ones nice. never got invited to that, though. Cheers, gents. Ben. I don't know if I'd want. I mean, I'm, I'm opening myself up for ridicule here, but I've got a boring, monotonous job. I don't know if I want to get drunk during the day. <laughs> It, does it make it go faster or does it make it go slower? You just get really sleepy and really sort of like, oh, groggy. If you can keep the buzz going, though, awesome. But if, they say that, like, the um, service industry and uh, specifically, like, waiters and stuff and, and people who work in kitchens all off their fucking heads on uh, uppers, on, on cocaine or whatever. Really? And they, and they, and they sort of pretend that they don't have a massive cocaine problem, like the, the restaurant industry, but they definitely do. Right. That's why I was really surprised that... Uh, uh, who's that angry Scotsman? Well, he's not really Scottish, is he? Um, he should shout at everyone. I don't know who you're talking about. Oh, Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. Um, so you did. Uh, <laughs> he was he was uh, doing a thing, sort of going, going around his, um, his uh, restaurants, checking that um, people have been using cocaine in right. his toilets. Um, which sounds like the sort of thing you do when you've been caught by a newspaper. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm obviously not saying that's the case, but whenever there's like a big expose of like a celebrity, oh, I've uh, my I'm addicted to the, the tablets or whatever. They've always been caught doing drugs. They've always been caught sleeping with someone they shouldn't have been. Uh, and the newspaper well, basically give them a plea deal. They give them a deal. They go, look, we've got yeah. these pictures and you look terrible in them. Or you can come to us and do a heartfelt expose that I just had to get from my chest with the sun, etc., etc. Yeah. And obviously, uh, obviously, this was just a documentary that um, Gordon Ramsay did, but it did sound a bit like that. I, um, I can probably shock you by saying that I actually quite like Gordon Ramsay's TV programme. I love Kitchen Nightmares. I love... Uh, specifically those ones that he goes in in America and yeah. tells people that their food's shit. Yeah. Uh, on YouTube, uh, if you go on, if, if I type in YouTube.com, the full page is just all little clips. Recommendations. Of, 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 recommendations of him going into restaurants and going, what the fuck is this? What yeah. the fuck? Like, he's just pulled out an old tub of gravy from the freezer. What's really good, interesting, if you want to get the classic difference between British TV shows and American TV shows, yeah. watch a British Kitchen Nightmares and an American one. <laughs> They're so different. It's yeah. unbelievable. And the, the one he always does on the American one is at some point during the episode, he'll, he'll come, he'll 
burst into the kitchen and Stack just shot, go, yeah. I'm shutting you down. <laughs> and there's musical coming and they walk into the restaurant and go, I'm terribly sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but um, I'm having to shut the restaurant. So because a man from the, because a man I've never met before has just told me to. Yeah. He's not part of health services. He's not part of hygiene. But he's he, angry. He's angry. Yeah. But he just comes in and he goes, uh, uh, but when he, the whole show starts with him being served food, doesn't he? Mm. Uh, doesn't it? Like they're sort of going on, here's the filet mignon. And, yeah. uh, and, he, and he goes, uh, what that is a filet mignon? Yeah, that looks, that looks like carpet, God. and like it's just <laughs> he's just and he's really nice to the waiter or the waitress. Yeah, uh, but he's horrible about the food instantly. Thank you, darling. Looks like slop. What's that? It's a raspberry coolie. Looks like sick. He always says <laughs> to the waitress, "Thank you, darling." He always says that as well. It's it is, it is funny. It's a, good, oh, it's a great bit of entertainment, I think. I'm a big fan of that man. What were we originally talking about? I can't remember. Oh, me either. <laughs> uh, uh, getting drunk on the job, and then I think I brought oh, yeah. drugs. I've got an email here from a quick one from um, Letty. Just, just sign Letty. Letty. Says, just, I think I might be shot for Letitia, you know. Hello from Vancouver. Tell Hello. Your, tell your boy in Seattle that I'd be happy to mail him some HP sauce. <laughs> My parents live near the US border, so I could even mail it domestically for him, save him the trip. Very kind of you, Letty. That was from a guy, that was referenced a guy a few weeks ago who would do a six hour round trip drive mm. from Seattle to Vancouver to buy some HP sauce. To put on his tough salad and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. again. Uh, Fraser reference. Fraser reference there. A long overdue Fraser reference. I really like the name Letitia. Do you? I might call my child it if it's a girl. <laughs> what child? Letitia, Letitia Donaldson. You, Pete, you need to follow a life my partner Japanese first. My Japanese one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. If there are a lot of Japanese children running around with English names. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. Um, uh, obviously, uh, in, when I was in Kenya, obviously a lot of the kids have English names. So it's like Elizabeth or Jack or, you know, normal English names. And there's African names. Um, <laughs> the bloc who uh, works for Practical Action, the charity, uh, said that uh, last time he went to that part of uh, Kisumu, um, he met a Rolex. Oh, really? Now that is a brilliant name. So I know that in some parts of Africa it is the done thing to give your children English-sounding names. Yeah, but like brands and cool yeah, well, names. It's just, it's, I think it's just any English word. Yeah, just badass names. That's what you Rolex. Get, you get footballers called Danger Fourpence and stuff. <laughs> That's interesting, Rolex. Good, good luck, Jonathan. Um, before I forget on the HP Source uh, vibe, mm. Dylan Haynes also got in touch, and he, was, he said that he went into the supermarket to look for HP Source. Mm-hmm. And there was a, he's included the photo saying, I found HP fruity sauce. I know, yeah, like a, an extra kind of, um, yeah, what's that? I about? love HP fruity. I, I prefer it to normal HP. HP fruity. Because HP can be a bit too, a bit too spicy sometimes. Well, a bit too brackish. It's, it can be quite, um, sort of, I don't know, a bit sort of strong. Yeah, a bit spicy, a bit, not spicy, but just a bit overpowering. But Dylan asks. Dylan says, um, "This HP fruity sauce claims to be deliciously mild and tangy. Is it worth a try? It bloody is worth a try, Dylan. It's approaching a Branston in many ways. It's worth I so think. much of a try. I just dropped my pen in excitement. <laughs> um, and he says his batteries are Desai, which I've not heard of before. Desai, we've not had a Desai. D E S A Y Desai. Mm. So HP fruity, get on it. It's not bad. Get on it. Let's do it, Carter. Let's do it loud. I, I like that we've got a new studio. I've got a new little." Dingle dongle to use, and I still muff up the. the I don't know how you get it wrong every time. I don't know. Let there be justice for all. Let there be volume for all. <laughs> Let there be peace for all. Small, small step for volume. Man. You don't understand. Willie was a sailor. Was a producer. Say <laughs> simply, very simply. More volume. <laughs> Good morning. Volume. Say simply, very simply. 
please can we have a louder jingle? <laughs> what have you got? Uh, Shri Ram. Hello, Shri Ram. How are you doing, mate? Um, Shri Ram has come up with a fantastic Mencarta uh, inductee. And it's a beauty. I would like to bring your attention to the British World War II veteran, Mad Jack Churchill, who was the only man who fought the war with a sword and a longbow. I've heard about this. The man sounds mentally ill. He, he sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely amazing. Badass if he, if he does well. A madman if he gets killed on the first battle. He probably just wouldn't be remembered, would he? If you yeah, good point. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I shall list out some of the few things that Fighting Jack, as he was also called, managed to pull off in the war. So this is a guy who enlisted in the British Army around yeah. the turn of the 20th century. He fought in World War One and World War Two. is that right? Uh, I believe so, yes. Yeah, okay. Well, it was certainly the second one anyway. He's only... well, well, the reason I say that is because when I was looking him up after um, Sri Ram got in touch, right. he... Um, he he left the army before World War. I think he left the army in like the mid thirties, mm. and um, when war broke out in nineteen thirty nine, he rejoined. And the quote is: um, "I was backing my red coat because the country had got into a bit of a jam in my absence." A bit of a jam, <laughs> bit of a jam. But anyway, go on, carry on. Was it thirty eight? Thirty nine. The World War, Second World War. I thought it was 38 to 45. Oh, you embarrass yourself then. Oh, dear me, never mind. Um, so, this is uh, some of the things that Fighting Jack uh, managed to pull off in the war. He charged uh, charged uh, Nazi garrisons, waving his sword and screaming, Commando! Yeah. He recorded the longest confirmed kill with a longbow. He stood at the fore of a landing craft while playing the bag- bagpipes before, before proceeding to charge the enemy in a kilt. Well, that was on D-Day, wasn't it, as well? I mean, in a kilt. Kilt's probably a decent uh, decent shout. If you're having to move through the water quickly, yeah. it's not going to bog you down, is it? If you've swum out there in a kilt, do let us know. Uh, was interned in a VIP prisoner war camp because the Nazis thought he was related to Winston Churchill. Uh, he proceeded to escape from said prisoner war camp and also he captured over 30 prisoners at Sword Point. Yeah, apparently he absolutely loved uh, combat. Now, I don't think anyone is realistically suggesting that war is a good thing and that there's not horrendous things that go on in every war. Right. But, but Jack Churchill seemed to just absolutely love it. And um, apparently, um, when when victory in Europe was assured, he was sent to the Pacific Theatre because the battles against Japan were still being waged. Mm. And uh, But by the time he reached India, Hiroshima <laughs> and Nagasaki right. had already been bombed and the war had ended. And uh, apparently he was quoted as saying, if it wasn't for those damn Yanks, we could have kept the war going another 10 years. <laughs> he loved a scrap. He's the one, <laughs> he he's the one out on a, uh, he's the one out on a, on a Friday night wanting a fight. He, ex- he escaped from German captivity twice as well. <laughs> I, lo- I love, I love this quote, um, from, from someone who said that, uh, I think it was when he died. He died at a ripe old age, like mm. about 90 or something. Um, <laughs> and he said, Jack Churchill was one of those unusual men designed to lead others in combat. And such men are often restless in times of peace. There we go. I bet he spent the rest of his life restless. <laughs> I bet his wife hated him. Uh, anyway, <laughs> absolutely hated him. Yeah, Mad um, Jack Churchill. Mad Jack Churchill. Apparently, uh, I've never seen Bexel batteries sold anywhere in India, says uh, Sri Ram. Uh, but lo and behold, I, I find two AAA Bexels sitting in my TV remote. But Bexels are taking over the world. Don't, deny, don't doubt it. Don't deny the Bexels. If I was going to invest in any battery brand, it would be Bexels. Do get in touch with us. Hello at LukeandPeteShow.com for mm. all your Mencarta suggestions, your general emails, your Christmas Eve shenanigans, including Christmas Day hangovers. Yes. Um, Christmas stories, Christmas arguments. Story. Actually, the next episode will be Christmas, will it not? Uh, yeah, it will. I mean, I thought we were going to take a week off for Christmas because uh, obviously this, this one is uh, going out 
uh, just before Christmas, isn't okay, it? Okay, so. right, so we're going to have a week off. All right, fair enough. <laughs> That's decided. Yeah, we'll see you when we see you. Motion passed. Done. You, we'll see you in the new year. We'll see you soon. Have a cracking uh, Christmas, have a cracking new year. We love you very much. Um, and we couldn't do it without you. Yeah. You want to end like that? Yeah, end the year like <laughs> I that? do, yeah. All right. <laughs> and, uh, and a happy new year to you too, Luke Moore. And to you, sir. Mm. We have a gloriously sunny day here in the studio. Um, we've seen some action this morning as well. Jessica Ennis, good night. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. (laughs) (laughs) You will be fine. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. (laughs) This was like wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, (laughs) you, you were different. Like you were real different. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.